startups begin in communities across the country. Why does Silicon Valley get so much credit? My name is Nick Castor. And I'm Caitlin Clays. We're interviewing the people building startup communities across America. But in the areas no one is talking about, the middle. This is the Ecosystem Builder Podcast by Mug.News. This is the Ecosystem Builder Podcast. Ecosystem building is the subset of economic development that focuses on fostering entrepreneurial activity within a community. Today's guest is Christy Maxfield. She's the president and CEO of Purpose First Advisors and is also the podcast co-host of Entrepreneurially Thinking. Christy, thank you so much for coming on today's show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Of course. So jumping into my first question for you is, how did you first become involved in your startup community? So I did my first startup uh, back in 2010. Before there was really an ecosystem to speak of, there was uh, university-based resources at Washington University and probably other academic things that I didn't even know about, and a few nascent organizations, um, some that are still around today, some that aren't, uh, but really got ensconced in that work because I was doing a startup with a co-founder and we needed to find other people who could help us figure out how to do this. And, you know, we learned from there and then essentially became ecosystem builders ourselves in different ways. So the term ecosystem builder, um, terms and definitions are changing constantly. When did you first become aware of that term ecosystem builder? You know, probably in the last three or four years. um, It's uh, early on, we were just folks doing the work. uh, And now we have the name for ourselves. And it'll probably, like you said, change again. um, And we'll call ourselves something different. But uh, when I transitioned into really working you know, I own my own business, Purpose First Advisors, but I also do a lot of work with entrepreneur support organizations in St. Louis. And so once you transition into working on behalf of entrepreneurs and providing them with training and support, you get really involved in that community and start to work with your peers. And so as as Kaufman and others have coined terminology for us to used to describe ourselves, we've sort of adopted it along the way. So speaking of those support organizations you work with and work for, what are some of the ways you support your community? So I actually started on staff uh, six years ago at the Center for Emerging Technologies, which if you're familiar with St. Louis is part of the Cortex Innovation District. It's a distinct organization, but part of the district. And it's really focused on early stage entrepreneurs in IT, bioscience, and consumer products. And so been instrumental in creating and delivering the Square One program that's really focused on those three verticals, those early stage folks in those three verticals. Um, And then those are connected the best, in my experience, the best way an ecosystem can help entrepreneurs, um, or one of the best ways is to uh, have organizations that are deeply connected to each other and talking with each other and coordinating with each other. So um, that has consequently led to work um, on the Vision Symposium, which is an annual conference that BioSTL puts on, and um, some participation in Startup Connection, and just being connected to my colleagues and peers at other organizations like I-10 and St. Louis Makes, where they get start to get very specialized in the support they're able to offer to specific kinds of entrepreneurs. So speaking of like that catering to different needs and very specific, oh my goodness, stuttering. (laughs) Um, What are are some things that people wouldn't know about your ecosystem? 
Well, I think the thing they will know, because we've spent a lot of time and, and we're very intentional about building it around bioscience, uh, life sciences, that was really the design from the beginning. I think what they don't know is that there's lots of other types of entrepreneurship happening. So one of the reasons that Cheryl Watkins Moore and I did the Entrepreneurially Thinking podcast for four years was we knew a lot of people weren't going to come to CET. They weren't going to go to BioSTL. They weren't going to go to Cortex because they just didn't see themselves represented there. And they figured, you know, I'm not an academic. I'm not a scientist. I'm not doing a high-tech growth company. Um, and we wanted to shine a light and elevate and celebrate all the entrepreneurs in our community. So if uh, you have the opportunity, check out the archive with more than 200 shows and you'll see entrepreneurs from all walks of life. We have a very deep um, food entrepreneurship community. We've got a lot of folks in the manufacturing and consumer product space. So it's not just bio, I think is the thing that folks don't wouldn't know right away when they look at our ecosystem. And another thing working with that terminology, some people who like have their mom and pop shop started, they hesitate to use the word entrepreneur because of those daunting terms and definitions. Like, no, no, I'm not an entrepreneur. I just have my family business. Well, <laughs> keywords yes. there. Um, have you come into any other um, situations similar to that where just that confusion that gets in the way with some jargon or has we, have you experienced that? Oh, absolutely. I would say, and we've actually asked this question expi explicitly on our podcast is, do you self-identify as an entrepreneur? And more often than not, the answer is no. And we're interviewing somebody on a podcast called Entrepreneurially Thinking. So um, the my dad owned our family florist. He was a guy who wanted to work for himself. He never would have shown up to anything that said entrepreneur, fill in the blank. Um, so what tends to end up happening is that as ecosystem builders, because we know not everybody's going to respond to the same terminology, we start using a lot of different words. So we'll talk about small business and startup and entrepreneur and hustle and side gig and, 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 and trying to make sure that people don't tune us out because we only use one way of describing what we do. But consequently, that can also mean a whole lot of things to a lot of different people. So um, we haven't figured out a way individually, organizationally, or as an ecosystem or community nationally of really defining terms. But um, yeah, I think my advice is just because the word appears, don't necessarily count yourself in or out and find out more about whatever that program or organization is and ask questions, you know, probe. And that's the best thing an entrepreneur can do. I know you don't have a lot of time to do it, but at, you know, be upfront. My time's precious. What are you doing? Why should I be there? You know, the, the service provider should be able to provide you with a value proposition. That's the business part of what we're teaching everybody else. So we should do it ourselves. So speaking of uh, looking for resources, asking for help, um, if someone were to start a business in your community, are they eligible for any local grants or interest-free loans? Yes and no. It really sort of depends what you're doing, how far along you are. Um, a lot's changed with COVID and what's available. And we know there's more money coming to the city and we're still to be defined as to what that is and who will be eligible. Um, there's an organization locally called WePower that runs the Elevate LFR program. And as part of that has formed a relationship with Kiva. So those loans are now available in our community. Uh, we have CDFIs who, who work 
uh, with entrepreneurs. We have lots of different competitions depending on who you are and what you're doing. Um, so it's um, there's not a lot of free money hanging around for anybody. Uh, and when you find it, let me know. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's definitely a, a conversation to be had about what are those ac- what are those resources and who has access to them. Because like every other ecosystem, we really grapple with. How do we make sure that women and entrepreneurs of color have access to those funding sources, whatever they may be? So then if someone were to uh, move to your community tomorrow and start a business, what would be the first thing they do? Uh, What would you suggest be the first thing they do be? Yeah. So, um, you know, St. Louis is a little complicated in that we have St. Louis City, which is uh, its own county. And then we have St. Louis County and it has over 90 municipalities. And so first, what you need to do is just, you know, if you're literally starting from scratch, start with the Secretary of State's website and get get formed and then figure out for locally, what do you, what else do you need? And then from there, check out Missouri source link. Um, it's the closest thing we have to a repository of resources. Um, you can actually speak to a human, which is great. You can tell them who you are and what you're trying to do. And uh, ideally, once you make your initial connection, always following up with the question of, and who else should I speak to? Uh, we have a very generous ecosystem. And so typically, um, you'll get an introduction. And then if I'm not the right person, I'm going to be able, I'm probably one and a half connections away from having the right person for you. So we're a very small, tight knit uh, community. And the good thing about that is even if I'm not the right person at the right time, I can get you connected to those those individuals. I that that really stands out the who should I speak to as well. That really stands out and stands above the rest. I feel like that's a very eye-catching question as well. If um yes. showing the integrity of a person as well. Um I never thought about that. So that that definitely opens many other doors for the domino effect to take place and you to start your business and such. For sure. Um, so then my other question, I know COVID gets in the way of things a little bit still here, but are there any coffee shops that entrepreneurs would usually have hung out at? So in our community, we have what's called Venture Cafe, and it has actually taken on a virtual life with COVID. Um, and it's a weekly gathering of entrepreneurs um, folks who are interested in entrepreneurship, inventors, different walks of life. Uh, It has programming that's usually more informational and educational in in nature, and it's meant to help people connect. And so if I were new to the community, I would at least get on the Venture Cafe website's mailing list and find out every every week they'll deliver to your mailbox what's going on there. Um, and then the Cortex Connections newsletter is always chock full of a lot of information about what's going on in the ecosystem. And so honestly, you've got to join a few mailing lists and then you get, can get a pulse for what's going on in the community. Um, there are coffee shops located in the district. Um, and so there's, uh, if, you know, if you go to Northwest Coffee on Sarah, you're going to you're gonna be a stone's throw from CET. If you go to um, Park Central, I think it is in uh, the 4240 building, you're going to be in the heart of the district. So uh, fortunately, there's a lot of ways and places to, to connect with people. So then speaking of connecting with people, are there any co-working spaces available in your area? There are, there are many. Uh, so the Center for Emerging Technologies has a co-working space at lab space and dedicated office space. Um, the 
Uh, Grind Plus Growth has just opened a co-working space, particularly focused on African-American entrepreneurs. Um, we've got a co-working space downtown, one in central, sort of the central West End. I think at this point, there's probably well, and there's Thrive Co. in uh, Clayton. Um, we have... We've got a lot to choose from, uh, depending on what your your flavor is of, of your co-working experience. So lots of places. So in addition to being connected with people, looking at those resources, those newsletters that you mentioned, what are some other ways people can go to learn more about upcoming events in the startup community? Well, depending on where you feel most comfortable to really connect with the service organizations in your community. If you're already comfortable self-identifying as an entrepreneur, you're probably going to connect into some of these resources very easily. If you're not, um, it might be your local church that's supporting small business owners. It might be uh, the Urban League doing a a seminar. It it might be uh, the Um, Even the university is hosting some sort of seminar or workshop where you can participate. Um, Again, COVID has brought webinars into our world in a way that it never did before. So you can sort of eavesdrop and sidle in and and just see if it's for you. Um, But for me, it's um, wherever you call home within any given city, and we have lots of little neighborhoods here in St. Louis, is to to sort of find those people who are already running businesses or who are seem to be connected into what's going on in the community and start asking questions and, and demonstrate your eagerness to learn and make it really easy for them to introduce you to people. Maybe do a little blurb about yourself. And then when Christy says, sure, I'm happy to connect you to Caitlin, I've got a little cut and paste about who who you are and we can make the introduction happen super quick. So then, um, you know, you're very well connected with people. You've talked with many. Um, Are there any notable or successful startups from your community? There are quite a few. Um, Again, in the bio space, we have Benson Hill and a lot of these bigger name bio companies that have gone out and done tremendous capital raises and very successful from a VC venture. And then there's there are folks who are just um, deeply embedded in our community as well and who own businesses, whether it's like Northwest Coffee is uh, one of the locally owned coffee shops. Um, you can generally find some of those, you know, our biggest name marquees are, you know, Jack Dorsey uh, and uh, Jim McKelvey, co-founders of Square, are from St. Louis. And so, you know, we can hang our hat on, on things like that. Um But, you know, get connected in through the business journal or, like I said, any of those newsletters and you'll start to see some of the the names that that ring bells. So we you kind of mentioned it a a bit more earlier of cultural diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, How do you include diversity within your ecosystem in St. Louis? So I wish I could say the ecosystem has a comprehensive systems level approach, but we do not. Uh, We have uh, dabbled in it over the years and. Uh, what I can say is that the conversation is definitely happening. How how much that is translating into individual organizations and programs really depends. I can speak about central, uh, I'm sorry, um, CET, the Center for Emerging Technologies, because I've been involved in that work. And that's been about very intentional relationship building. So going where people are, not expecting them to come to the innovation district, not expecting just because we invited or said everyone is welcome, that everyone will feel welcome. So um, really going and meeting people, having conversations, showing up for their events, supporting their events, 
um, being intentional about reaching out to them if we don't hear from them and, you know, really proactively inviting them very personally. And then also making sure that when we're doing events, not only are we putting them in locations that are convenient, accessible, and friendly, but that we're using subject matter experts and featuring entrepreneurs who look like the audiences we want to engage. If, if you're um, an African-American, Latin, Latinx uh, entrepreneur, and you're going to programs where you are not represented, where the subject matter expert doesn't look like you and the entrepreneurs don't look like you, I'd stop showing up. I don't want to go listen to a panel of all white men tell me about their entrepreneurship stories. That doesn't resonate for me either. So um, what I can say is just some organizations are more intentional about that than others. Some are more successful in doing that than others. And I think it's a reasonable expectation on the part of the entrepreneur to expect that, that their organizations will serve them in that way. And that if they're not getting that support that they need, let's say they really need to be involved in a industry-specific organization, but that organization isn't stepping up to the plate in terms of DEI, that to the extent that the entrepreneur has the time, energy, and willingness to do so, that's, some, that's something to raise with the, the folks in charge. So then um, are there any news outlets, podcasts, or blogs that you recommend people listen to or check out in order to learn more about the St. Louis startup community, other than the ones that you have mentioned? <laughs> um, I would say, you know, there's a few different podcasts. There's a, a Bourbon a Friday's show, I believe that's still going on. Um, there's Entrepreneurial Quarterly EQ, uh, where we keep up. A lot of the news is actually featured in the Business Journal and then Small Business Monthly. Um, those are great ways to stay connected as well. And those newsletters that I have mentioned are a, a really good way to stay connected. So, you know, they're going to serve up a once a week email that's that should make it hard to at least not know in broad strokes what's going on. Well, before we completely close out, I did want to open the floor and ask you one last question. Um, do you have any final thoughts or any final final advice that you'd give entrepreneurs who are either getting started or are continuing to stick with the grind? Yeah, um, you know, I work with a lot of early stage folks, and my goal is always to help them figure out: Is anybody going to buy what they're selling? How do we de-risk what you're doing as much as possible to increase your likelihood of success? And so, to, to the extent that you can, stay open and. And, um, ex and be willing to explore the critiques of your idea, knowing they're not critiques of you as an individual, as a person. Um, because the intent of somebody who's giving you feedback on your idea is to help you be successful. Um, and so being coachable, keeping that open, open mind, open heart uh, in the approach to what you're doing. Um, and being willing to let go of an idea if it doesn't really make sense moving forward. So um, the more we can do to encourage people to explore entrepreneurship, even if it's not something that comes to fruition with the, for them on their first idea, the, the better positioned we are as a community to create those new businesses that then create jobs and prosperity for our community. Thank you so much, Christy. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And I know our listeners are going to love all of the information that you have helped uh, offer for this podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Caitlin, how was your interview with Christy? I had a great time. We were definitely hitting it off and being able to just go off script a little bit. And uh, I just I just had a wonderful time. 
Um, so one of my biggest uh, like takeaways from the conversation was she really pointed out the best way to have a strong ecosystem is to have organizations that are connected with each other. So not only do entrepreneurs, you know, should they be reaching out? Of course they should be reaching out, absolutely. But she really pointed out organizations should also be working together because what are we all trying to do? We're trying to help support entrepreneurs because they can help build us, build our ecosystem. So it just makes sense and checks out to be connected with other organizations as well. Yes, yeah, that is really, really good insight. Um, was there anything you had to look up after? Uh, no, but we had another, we have seen this trend a couple different times, but talking about how terminology is constantly changing. Uh, and I believe that she had touched on, uh, what was, I'm just checking my notes again. Uh, <laughs> but her approach was to use uh, different types of terminology in order to ver uh, put variety in your application of like what categories you fit in. Absolutely, yes. And the um, like changing like landscape of language, you know, it's just like a, a whole thing right now. Um, so yeah, interesting to touch on. Was there anything else you wanted to hit, Caitlin? Yes, and uh, I thought that this was super clever and like a wonderful resource to have in your head. But kind of going off that again, is that since terminology is changing, look up other keywords when you're doing when you're doing a google search so keywords for example if you are a female entrepreneur wonderful you're a female entrepreneur but are you also like a person of color you could also be a part of like the lgbtq community those are three different categories and keywords that you might be able to fit into so in a way to thin down the amount of google searches that you come up with that's a great way to see what services you can apply to. So any grants that are available. Uh, she she had pointed out that was a good way to figure that. Yeah, and even the, the term um the term entrepreneur, you could replace that with with business owner or new business or like um, probably each word in the search term. That that is really, really good advice. That is all I have for today's episode. Nick, if you want to go ahead and read us out. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Ecosystem Builder Podcast, which is a product of Mug.News and hosted by myself, Nick Kastner, and my co-host, Caitlin Clays. If you have any questions about today's episode, connect with us on Twitter at, at Nick Kastner, at Clays Creates, or at MugNewsOfficial. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends. We release episodes every single Wednesday morning, so make sure to follow so you don't miss a beat.